ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, well, 18 and over, we'll say that. I think, is it, no, it's 21 and over. Yeah, well, you know what, let's do 21 and over. Welcome to the Slur Podcast. My name is Javi. Man, it feels so good to say that again after a long hiatus. We are back, baby. And uh, as I said in the first episode, for those of you that are new, welcome to the show. My name is Javi. You can find me on Instagram as Javi Fullpint. You can also find me on Twitter as at that Beaner. Now, I know you're thinking, you're thinking Beaner might be slightly racist, and it is. But you know what? As a Mexican, I will allow you folks to go ahead and type that in. Say hello. Drop me a line. Now, folks, this show, The Slur Podcast, is a podcast dedicated to the, the, the shakers and the people that are just uh, creating this amazing frontier in today's business world. They're changing the social construct of everything that is. And one of my favorite things about this podcast is I get to hear so many amazing stories. And today, folks, you guys have a special gift coming your way. We have a very special guest this week. She is a model, a blogger, yoga instructor, brand ambassador, just overall badass um, I, can't, I feel like I can't really give you a better uh, introduction than that. Ladies and gentlemen, Katie Martin. Katie, hello, how are you? Hello, how are you? I am fantastic. I'm enjoying some fantastic beers here at Arts District Brewing. Thank you so much to Devin and David and all of those amazing people uh, that allowed us to sit and have a chat today. Uh, so this is your first time here, correct? Yes, this is my first time here. All right, so, so far, and be honest, right now you're drinking uh, the collaboration beer that I helped make with Arts District for the full pint 10th anniversary. It is the uh, coffee porter called the Full Mug, uh, made with Clatch Coffee, and um, it's a porter, and it's on nitro, and it's delicious. That's my opinion, Katie. It's so good. I don't know how you got it, but I love dark beer, so this is actually hitting the spot after all that traffic. <laughs> well, the thing is, I've known you for a long time, so I feel like we just connected, and I was yeah. like, I have to make this coffee beer. Yeah, this is like, this is made for me. Perfectly. <laughs> I feel like you, you sat this down, and I was like, do you know what I wanted? It's like, I because this is perfect. Right. It's delicious. So, cheers. Cheers. Mm. Now... Of course, this podcast is about you and your uh, story that led you to where you are now. So tell the listeners a little bit that maybe are not familiar with Katie Martin. What is Katie Martin Martin. all about? Katie Martin is all about openness in the cannabis industry and um, being a businesswoman in the cannabis industry, as well as reaching a large um, group of different people and kind of just opening up different people's opinions on what is normal, what is a career, what is a living, how to get by. And, um, you know, I, I, and all in all, I hope that people, you know, can see that there's different alternatives to, to working and living and enjoying right. life. And, and, you know, you're not really stuck in this nine to five. And, and I hope to inspire people to, to do that, you know, and, um, for the past five years, I haven't really had a nine to five job. You know, I've worked for myself. I've been able to create a career in an industry that's continually evolving, the cannabis industry, as well as reaching into modeling, um, opening up women, helping people feel confident, and, you know, just broadening a bigger audience. Mm -hmm. It's crazy because, you know, of course, a lot of these older people are calling our generation the millennials, right? And it kind of comes off a little derogatory. (laughs) But... I mean, millennials, people like us, are changing the game. We're changing the landscape because, like you said, the 9 to 5, there are a lot of people that do it. I'm one of them. I work as a handyman uh, day to day, so I have that. But I plan my own hours. Mm -hmm. You know, I I run the company, so it kind of favors me in that account. But 
Um, a lot of these millennials now are creating these companies and they're creating their own um, uh, stream of income that doesn't Absolutely. require a nine to five working for a I bank mean, or a grocery store. I don't think you even need to leave the house. Right. And I think like what we have um, right now, like the internet in front of us, like I don't think people really realize like what is in front of us. Like, you can make a living off of in your bed on a laptop <laughs> of selling products or, right. you know, off e-commerce, you know, off clickbaits, you could do anything. And, and like, once you realize that full spectrum of it's, you sky's the limit, you know, you can kind of go for it. Right. Which is kind of crazy. <laughs> so we'll, we'll talk about the sort of crazy takeover that is social media, but let's, let, let's turn back the hands of time a little bit. Now let's talk about early Katie Martin. How did you, I mean, you must have started somewhere. How did you end up in this crazy world of not only modeling, but cannabis, the cannabis industry? Um, I mean, I started modeling at, like, 16. Um, and I did, like, basic, like, uh, you know, print and stuff like that for, like, ads and, you know, that basic crap. Did you always uh, know that, like, you were going to be did. a model? I did. Really? I was, like, a li- and it's, like, kind of cheesy and super, like, honestly, it's super, super cheesy. I was a little girl, and I, I like, always wanted to be, like, a model or, like, famous or, sure. like, important or, you know, popular, you know? I mean, yeah. What little girl doesn't want to be, like, that kind of person? I mean, I'm not a little girl, and I want that, you know? <laughs> you know, what little girl doesn't want to, like, be on a billboard, you know? Sure. Like, that's, like, a dream. Um, did I ever think it was going to happen? I mean, I hoped, but I never <laughs> did. Um, but, I mean, I started modeling, you know, at a young age, and I, my parents, like, like, helped me get into that. And then, you know, at 18, I actually kind of, like, got out of it and started getting tattooed. But then that's when the tattoo industry kind of switched right at that age I was at. I think I was, like, 19. Right. So tattoo models became, like, extremely popular and in high demand, too. And then people started reaching out to me. And, I mean, the first cannabis job I had was with, um, like, just a promo job. I was making, like, 100 bucks a day. They gave me, like, products. I had to wear a bikini and high heels and walk around <laughs> at, like, high times and, like, just smile and say, like, try our products. And then, um, you know, from there I started just watching what was behind me and what was orchestrated at the actual business side of things and noticing the amount of income that these businesses were pulling, you know. I mean, tens of thousands of dollars, you know, at these events. And I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. Like, how do I get my money? Yeah, <laughs> my yeah, money yeah. On, I'm doing the wrong, wrong thing, side. goddamn. I'm on the wrong side of this industry. And, um... You know, I started letting people pay me in products, so then I would start, like, reselling product, and that's kind of how I started getting into the um, distributing side, and, you know, and, like, flipping packs, and, you know, and then now it's become legal. Now I pay taxes on the pounds that I sell, which is right. really, really weird. Really weird. Really, really that's, weird. you know, fucking Uncle Sam gets his every yeah, time. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Um, but I think... Yeah, earlier I just did, you know, like, basic modeling. I think um, there was one moment, like, one pivotal moment in my career mm-hmm. uh, that happened in the whole Flavor X thing. Um, yeah, I also talk about that, but yeah, that I'm glad you bring it up. Yeah, that kind of blew everything up, and that's on top of it a very cheesy story as well. I've seen you on billboards. Yes. Um, I ended up at that party from just DMing a couple people. I saw that Burner, who's a Bay Area rapper, and I was planning to move to the Bay, was going to be doing some kind of press release there. And I was like, okay, well, if I'm going to be going to the Bay, I got to be with the Bay, like, head. So I'm, like, DMing people, and someone's like, oh, someone needs a promo model. It's, like, 200 bucks. Can you be there in, like, 20 minutes? And I was like, okay, okay, <laughs> okay, okay, sure. Yeah. And I, so I show up, and it's the, the company Flavor X, which, if you haven't heard of, is huge and amazing now. They've been around for almost four years, and they're six legal states. Um, and they had just gotten to think in California, 
and I was I did a promo job I probably worked for maybe about an hour and a half and then I was told to go like chill like I was off work I went to go hang out in the pool and Werner had come out and people were filming stuff and somebody had mentioned someone jump in the pool and I don't know what clicked in you my said, head. I'm going so to that motherfucking pool. And I was like, fuck it. And I just took my shirt off and I jumped in the fucking nice. pool. And um, someone started handing me cartridges and edibles and things to take pictures with. And I started taking pictures with things. And then I kind of like didn't even think of it. And then like... Um, my, the owner of the company took care of me as I left and was, you know, very professional and amazing and was like, you know, keep in touch. And then, you know, um, I got wind of the photo and then they had called me and said, hey, you know, we want to fly you down to do like high times or something. Oh my God. And I was like, okay, for sure. I'm town. And really, was it that easy? Like, it, yeah, it, yeah, no problem. It, like, that's what I'm saying. Like, it's that cheesy. Like, it literally felt like a little storybook. And like, it, the story is always super close to my heart. And like, I, you know, I like, work for them and then I start looking at the pamphlets and I noticed very closely that the person on the pamphlets is me. <laughs> that must have been crazy. And I like and I remember I like I, I don't remember exactly like how I found it or something. I don't remember if they told me or what it was, but I mean it wasn't just pamphlets. It was banners, it was posters, it was banners behind planes, it was billboards, it was cabs, it was teddy cabs. <laughs> and it was like everything and I felt like um, the owner kept just like throwing it at me and kept like just watching me ha be happy about it and I was like she loves this shit and every time it happened every time I'd show up um to an event you know they would have my face on something and I'd just be like I fangirl like that's me that's me oh my god I did it like mm. and I'm like you know and like I said it's cheesy cheesy as fuck like I ended up jumping in a fucking pool right and then I ended up becoming the face of a company that's one of the most recognizable cartridge companies in the country yeah. right now. And then now they're continuing to grow and I'm continuing to grow with them. And then not only have they given me that opportunity to be the, like that face of their company, which is amazing. They, they've given me, you know, I got able to distribute and learn a lot of experience from people in the company. So it's like been a fun ride. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I can imagine. Really, really fun ride with Flavor X. They're really cool. And it all started by sliding into the DMs. That's oh, what yeah. I tell people all the, the time. Key. Because every time I talk to people about what I do, they're like, oh, man, you work in craft beer. Like, I want that job. Like, then fucking take it. It's not that hard. You just got to annoy the shit yes. out of anyone yes. that would listen, yes. which is what I did 100%. and how I got into it. 100%. Like, oh, we were talking off air about, you know, how I got into podcasting and this whole thing. And it's, I was telling you, I mean, uh, I started doing this L.A. beer-based podcast, The Slur, uh, just interviewing L.A. Brewers, and I was just harassing. I mean, I got uh, Devin Randall from Arts District here, uh, Peter Mumford, El Segundo. I got some really big Southern California breweries to talk to me because yeah. I was just that They're annoying. Persistent, but you're, you're persistent. I mean, in that, and it's, I mean, I made a lot of connections. I did a lot of stuff um, at the, like, uh, horticulture, like, glass shows in Vegas. So the Champs, AGE, all those shows. I did those for, like, three years. Right. And, like, I would work, I'd get hired for, you know, Formula 420. As I was working for them, I, when it was like my break time, I'd be walking to every single other booth and introducing myself and being like, hey, like, I, you know, I'd love to get a bong of yours. I'd take a video. Like, I was just like pitching people, me. I'm like, hi, right, hi, right. hi, I'm pitching people. And then eventually people kind of caught on and they're like, oh, fuck, like, let's do it. It's <laughs> you know? serious, then, absolutely. You know, and then they caught, like, and, and I think people forget to realize that 
Some people, like the business owners of these brands that you may look up to, are so busy. The last thing on their mind is hiring someone to do social media right, or right. a podcast or right. something. So when someone brings that up to them, they're like, shit. Oh, we have a budget for that. Yeah, mm-hmm. totally. You know, it's an opportunity for them too. Right, right. Mm-hmm. It's one of those things like, um, so when you were when you were DMing these people, did you kind of have like, what was your plan? Did you have like sort of like a, when you said you were pitching them, were you like, you know what, you know, I'm a model, I'm doing this stuff, I want to sort of be more involved with the cannabis community? Mm-hmm. I mean, my plan was no fear, uh, don't fear rejection. Sure. That was literally, it was like, I, there was no like legit, like, I'm coming in, I have this like strategic plan on how to like get them to love me. It was like, you know what, if you're going to like, like, if what, if what I bring to the table you like, you like. If you don't, I'm going to just move on to the next. And I didn't waste sure. time on dwindling on like whether or not someone didn't like me. Um, I mean, I created content for people to kind of pitch them. I would like, I would do like full on like business plans too, like how any like bongs you're going to send me, how many photos I'm going to get, how many videos, how many views. And that's back when like, I feel like a year ago, social media was a lot more interactive. Now with Instagram's like algorithm change, I feel like right. things have kind of like a switched weird. a little bit. Um, but that's when like, I feel like Instagram allowed like uh, side party brands to advertise without trying to monetize themselves, right. which with like, withholds like all the cannabis, alcohol and all those brands because those can't advertise on social media. Do you worry about, because, you know, uh, Prop 64 was passed in California mm-hmm. Uh, one thing I always talk to with people that, uh, that enjoy cannabis is, oh, man, you know, once it gets passed and it's completely legal, you're going to get just cheap-ass weed you can buy at 7-Eleven or, like, these commercial joints. Like, is that something that uh, you sort of keep your eye on now that it's um, sort of becoming more and more accepted in today's world? Yeah, so it is something that I actually kept my eye on when I watched the whole thing go down. Um, there's a couple things on that. I mean, one, if you're following all the rules, like 64, if you actually read it, um, I can email it to you if you want to like go into detail with it. It actually is protecting Please do. It, it's actually protecting us a lot. Right. In the sense of like it's saving us a lot of like pesticides and mold and keeping us keeping our organic flower, um, which I think a lot of people are unaware that a lot of these indoor, indoor grows are actually doing to their flower. Um, you're going to get more expensive weeds for damn sure. But I, I kind of wanted to make that transfer into that legal side so I could somehow protect that. Right, um, right. So one of the companies that I work for right now is called Camp Green. And one of the reasons they hired me on was specifically for cannabis consulting because the people that own majority of the company are hedge funds and they're, they're money. And they uh. don't understand the cannabis. But they're trying to bring in people like me that are like, hey, what's what do we do? What's the market? What's going on? What do we need to do? How like. How do we freshen up our pounds? You know, how do we trim it better? You know, like people are trying to improve it. Um, so I'm not, I'm not too worried. I'm not too worried about it. Right. I think we'll be, I think we'll be fine. I mean, the pot's gonna be a lot more expensive. You think so? Yeah. It's always sort of like a mixing, either, either with the legalization of it, and it, you know, if it's wider, wider. Uh, the or, black sorry, market's it's gonna get wide available. Yeah, it, it's gonna be, get cheaper, but then you hear taxes are going up now to be more expensive. Well, yeah. I mean, you're probably. I, they're, I mean, they're suspecting that they're going to tax the cannabis so much that the black mar- market's going to thrive off of the tax being so high. But you have to understand that they're bringing in all this, this different demographic of people that are going to start consuming cannabis that were like, no, it's illegal. And now that it's legal, they're like, oh, my God, I can do this now. Right. And they didn't know that, like, 
a gram was supposed to cost you ten dollars. They don't. They they get presented with a gram for thirty dollars. They have no idea what the market no, was. No, So they're going to spend their money, and it's and remember, it's a drug to people, quote unquote, drug like a, like a impulse. You know? Right. So people, sure. you know, people spend you know a couple hundred bucks on the Don Julio bottle at the club. You know, they spend eight hundred dollars. They're going to spend you know a couple like. Your ounces aren't going to be two hundred dollars anymore. Right, They're going right. to be like a four hundred dollar ounce. Oh my gosh! But it's going to change. But I mean, if you're close enough to people in the industry, I don't think that's really going to affect you. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it's going to affect you. So I'll tell you, like, <laughs> you can grow your own plants. Remember that. Right? No, grow, I just like, started. I just started doing that. You can grow your own plants. Right. Which is like, I forget that. You have, you have growers' rights. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, I'll talk about my. You know, when I first started smoking, a lot of my friends. I, I grew up. Uh, at a suburb here in Los Angeles, so everyone I knew smoked weed from like sixth grade. Yeah. So it wasn't surprising. And the thing with me was I was always scared because my parents uh, raised me in, plus the dare program that was going on. Yeah, it's horrible. When I was younger, um, which was really funny, which I kind of found ironic about it was that I remember being in the class and the police officer, his name was Officer Ed. And the thing about <laughs> Officer Ed, yeah, the thing about Officer oh, Ed was he was this like. Like, not a, like a tall gentleman. And you don't need to be tall to be, like, a menacing police officer, but I feel like it's kind of required. And he's, like, this short dude, and he had, like, this kind of frog face, and he talked like this. Oh, my God, no way. So, like, he's like, all right, guys, so here we have uh, marijuana, and it's very dangerous. And I'm like, yeah, dude, okay, fuck you. You know, and, like, so... They're passing out the cocaine. They're passing out the weed. They're passing out. They the, actually gave you cocaine. Well, they gave us like, a, like what it supposedly looks like. It was like in a class case. Did it so actually you, look like like real? Like what did it look? Well, like? I remember looking back. So I'm thinking back about what the weed. I remember it was. It looked like really old grass that had just been cut, and they just threw in the fucking bag and just like here you go. This is oh, weed. Oh really? Like that bad? So when I saw weed the first time as like an adult, I was like, this looks nothing like what I thought it would. See, I was. Um, 2007 was when medical cannabis came legal um, up in San Francisco. So, sure. I mean, my friends' moms were smoking pot. So, That's like, crazy. it wasn't like we were like, like I, like I stole pot with my best friend. Um, <laughs> so like, instead I, of stealing the liquor out I of the cabinet, it and was... she actually honestly would would love, she. I talked to her still. My friend's mom, she's awesome. Um, and I we we took weed from her closet, and it was like White Widow and Strawberry Cough, and it was dank. It was straight dank. Like, it wasn't, it wasn't, like, shake. It wasn't, like, brick weed from Mexico. It was dank. And, like, we had a couple options for Rice Krispie Treats. Like, yeah, like, Rice Krispie Treats and then, like, the Fruity Pebbles one. Sure. And, I mean, they were kind of tinted green. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, and then I remember by the time, like, 18, 19, it was, like, dark, kind of, like, tarry oil and then, like, finger hash. And then, like, something happened at, like, like 20 and, like, everything went from, like, dark hash to, like, CO2. Just, like, someone was, like, ooh, science. <laughs> CO2 machine. And it was, like, boom. And then somehow, like, someone someone connected it. And then now we have the distillate that we all love and praise and use every day. Right, <laughs> right. Literally, I, distillate changed the industry. I feel like it's, like, going to change the whole. It's going to be, like, gasoline. Distillate. That's insane. I think so. It's, like, I, like... I broker uh, distillate at times, and um, I mean it's sold in liters. Like it's dear. It's like God. yeah, like 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 I ha- I, I can show you pictures of like like 
Lots of <laughs> lots of oil. <laughs> like lots of oil. Well, it, it's sort of like so. I've had many um, a conversation with older people, and they're still very much like marijuana is a gateway drug and it's bad. And mm-hmm. my thing is this: um, I grew up a very anxious kid, mm-hmm. shy. I never mm-hmm. slept. Um, my parents, uh, my mom more specifically, she, migraines and insomnia. So like, I was in and out of doctor's offices all the time. They're like, you, why do you have headaches all the time? And it wasn't until I got in my 20s, I was working at Disneyland. I'll never forget it. I'll never forget my first time I ever tried cannabis was I was working at Disneyland. By then, I was already playing in my band, which doesn't make sense because, like, marijuana and music, it's, like, hand in hand. Yeah. Um, but by then, my drummer was using, and I didn't – I mean, I knew he was, but, like, I was still, like, uh, I love right. the word using. Whatever. <laughs> Fuck you. You know what I meant. I couldn't help it. Imbibing <laughs> cannabis. Using. Smoking weed. Um, well, cause, okay, so yeah, be, but on a sidetrack, mm-hmm. do you get offended by certain terms like no. if someone says, oh, pot or um, weed? I don't or... like the term marijuana just because of the history that goes behind marijuana. Sure. And I just don't think it's authentic. Um, but I don't really get offended by anything. Everyone's entitled for their opinion. Like, I just, oh, okay. I'm not like an offended, like, I don't get offended by it. So this is like the first time I've talked. I mean, I've talked about uh, weed on my podcast, especially mm-hmm. like the full pint stuff, because we all we mentioned to you earlier. A lot of beer people like there's a huge crossover. Oh, yeah, totally. Um, so I'm always like, do I say like for instance, yeah, you said I mean, using, I, which is would make sound like heroin or some shit, cannabis and it's not is like the term you would want to use. You cannabis. would want to. So you cannabis. Want to use cannabis. Um, there's a whole propaganda behind marijuana and how mar- like marijuana Absolutely. is a term, like a derogatory Absolutely. term. But I mean, I think. You know, time will tell, education will continue, and yeah. people will learn. Right, that's see, that's, that's part of it. Need. And then you're educating me already. That's all you need. So, uh, anyway, when I first started uh, using cannabis smoking, I was, um, I was in the band, and I remember that we were having a huge bonfire, and we just finished this great songwriting session. Man, we're having a great time, having a few beers. And uh, the, my guitarist brother, who was a huge pothead, he's like, Hey, Javi, have you ever... Uh, have you tried weed? And I was like, no, because I always, you know, was scared that it was a gateway drug or something. He's like, no, dude, just, just fucking be cool, you know, and try it. And I was like, okay, sure. And you'll probably like, you'll probably like bury your, your face in your hand when you mm-hmm. hear this. Um, my first time smoking weed was in, on a, on a Coke can that was bent okay. with a hole. And then the, you know, yeah, yeah. So uh, the apple. I remember smoking it and coughing my balls off. They were all laughing at me. <laughs> but I remember sitting on my chair and we were listening to music. It was like some acoustic like jam, some emo song. I don't remember what. But I remember that at one point I look up and it's the stars. <laughs> and I fucking like, I seriously, like my neck got sore for just sitting there just staring at the stars going like, dude, this is beautiful. Those stars are so beautiful. You start realizing how beautiful the world is and how creative you could make. It makes your mind. Yeah. And then I went home and I fucking had the most fullest sleep I've ever had in my entire mm-hmm. life. And I was like, I think I'm gonna try this weed thing. A I little think more. I'm gonna. I think I like this weed thing. And so I started smoking. I started picking up. And the thing is, um, my life changed when I when I got my my recommendation. I didn't have to text some sketchy ass motherfucker at two in the morning and go to like Carl's in your parking lot or go into like some street having this dude park behind me thinking, am I going to get robbed right now? Because I can, I can tell you so many stories. No, we, we do that so that you guys can buy it in the store. Thank goodness. Because I mean, that's something that I feel like a lot of these, um, I don't want to say new smokers, but like a lot of these younger people now, 
that have always had the dispensaries? Like I just told you. I mean, I never really went through the whole dispensary thing. Like, there was maybe one time where I had to, like, get somebody. But it was always I had to call someone that was of age when I was in high school that was, like, of 21 and get that. But I never had to deal with, like, going in a back alley to get pot. See, and I did. That's insane for me. It was scary. No, no, and I could imagine. I can imagine. And, like... You know, you know, my parents definitely weren't like, go smoke pot, <laughs> you know, so they were definitely like, it's a drug. And they kind of punked me out that too, but it was, by the time I, um, you know, was, I, I was, I was able to smoke, like I was blessed enough that I was able to, you know, are you stealing my beer? I'm going to have because I don't want to leave and like get another beer. So we're going to have you right now. Uh, we'll get some more. Don't worry. And what's it called? Yeah, no, I, I was blessed enough that I never really had to like do any of that de- like drug dealing things I mean which is funny because now I do more of that like kind of stuff because I'm in distribution and that's kind of like distribution's a huge gray market like you guys as a customer basis are able to walk into a dispensary get your ID checked and do all that um, what's getting you your product is a whole like underground silk road block industry oh my God. <laughs> I mean it's getting better but I mean, it's so gray. Like, and it's gotten better within the last six months. But it's crazy. Like, it, last four years, it's been like you know, super black market, pretty gray. And then now it's getting to. I mean, there's no armored cars. There's no. Right. Well, here's the thing. Know. Like, so uh, as we go through the story, and I get my wreck, I'm able to go to these dispensaries, and it's fantastic. And I'm able to go in, choose my strain. I don't have to go to a guy and go. Yeah, can I get a, can I get a, a dab? yeah, or no, no, dabs, I, no, well, we're going to get into dabs in a second. Sack, please? Yeah, yeah, can I get a dub sack, please, can I get a dub sack, and they're like, yeah, yeah, 25, that's not a dub, you fucker, that's a dub plus five, go fuck yourself, but, you know, I pay those prices, and when oh, I, once I got my card, I was amazed, because I was like, yeah, can I get a dub, they're like, um, Hybrid you indica can, sativa. Yeah, yeah hi, uh, hybrid indica sativa. We have $10 grams. We have some $5 grams. I'm like, whoa, 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 wait, wait. You you have how much? $5 grams? I'm like, yeah, can I just get that? Can you just, just I don't care. Shake? Yeah, give it to me. I don't care. Like, yeah, I have wow. this much weed, and it, it changed my world because now I don't need to worry about uh, where am I going to meet this person? What street am I going to be on at 2 No, you just got to make sure you get there before 8 o'clock. <laughs> or some that are open later again. LA. Yeah, the legal, yeah, January first, so it'll be eight p.m. What have you like figured out your favorite like product that's other than flour? Um, no. Have... Here's the thing. So edibles don't. Okay, so no edibles for you. Okay. Edibles I'll eat, but like they're kind of off and on. Like uh-huh. they could be either have you really tried oil. Like the um, they have like the inhalers. No, I've, oh, I've, I, I used to have a vape, the Ooh. Delta Nine pen, okay. which you worked for me for a long inhalers. time. Okay. The inhalers are dope. I bring them to the spa, and they just look like asthma inhalers. Right. But here's the thing. And and I'm sure you'll agree with me. Or maybe you won't agree with me. I don't know. I'm very much like I could be kind of a ritualistic person. Mm. And I love the concept of getting my flour, grinding it, flowing it in my joint, or the blunt, or whatever smoking apparatus I happen to be using at the moment. And uh, smoking it. And like I said, I've tried the vapes. I've tried the edibles. I've tried different ways to consume uh, different uh, different uh, ways to consume cannabis, and uh, for some reason, I always find myself smoking. And I know it's bad for my health and all that like stuff, bongs? but I love it. Do you yes, like all bongs, bongs all day, okay. every day. Yeah, the first I time I hit a bong, I uh, got way too high and destroyed my buddy's Doritos. I just destroyed them. <laughs> I was like, "This bong shit's amazing," but I'm fucking high, and it was. I mean. Um, Weed has changed my life in that I've, I'm able to sleep now. I'm a lot calmer. I used to be like this very uptight, sort of like 
antsy person. Very antsy motherfucker, uh-huh. like super shy. But then when I started smoking, I was like, I can talk to motherfuckers easy. I mean, I can't tell you how many shifts I worked at my former workplace, which I won't say the names. I don't want to get sued. Um, but there was a famous mouse yeah. that runs it. And I used to work at that park uh, over here in Anaheim. And uh, there were days where, like, I mean, I was, I was telling you, um, that's where I picked up my smoking habit, started drinking like crazy. I see that the, the little mouse causes a lot of stress. It did. He did. But then once I got a little more cannabis, started smoking a little bit, like, it made my shifts that much easier. It was chill. I was like, yeah, yeah you want to be mad at me, dude? It's cool. It's cool. It's cool. Do yeah, I want. mean, once you, um, I mean, it's actually a tattoo I have. It's uh, when you're immune to the opinions and actions of others, you won't be affected by needless suffering. When you stop giving a fucking rat's ass about anyone else's opinion, you really don't <laughs> need to do anything. But I mean, I, like, I, I, I had that same, you know, ritualistic thing. Um, people kind of expect, because I guess I am in the cannabis industry, that I'm high 24-7. Which actually You're not? Isn't not the case. It's actually, it's not the case. Like, I, um, I really enjoy smoking a joint before I go to yoga. And by the time I'm out of yoga, I'm not high anymore. And I got numbers to do. I got money to count. I got things to do and meetings to do. And then I work. And then I really enjoy, you know, sitting down on my couch and rolling up a backwood or a joint or a blunt or whatever it ends up being and, like, chilling, chilling and, like, getting out my book and, like, reading instead of, like, you know, I have friends that will come over, you know, at 10 o'clock at night and be like, oh, let's roll up. And it's like, crap, I've been high all day long because I've been working or whatever it is. So it's like this, there's a ritual to being, like, not high and taking that break. Yeah, you know, absolutely. And, like, taking the time to sit down instead of, like, that constant, like, dab all day long. That's or a lot. All, like, I can't. There was, can't so, like, uh, my... I don't like it. Yeah, no, my ritual now is it's, it's gotten better. It's, like, mm-hmm. I, in the morning, I usually wake up. Um, I go to the gym around 6 a.m., and I always smoke a bowl before I... A little pipe I have that I kind of have before I leave, because I... I don't know, maybe uh, it's different for you, but, like, it relaxes my muscles when I go in there no. and I stretch at first. Like, I feel... When I, when I leave the sauna... I feel like I'm in a new body, I'm good and stretched, and I'm just like, my mindset's like, let's do this. So that's how I got into yoga, was I used to get really stoned and then just like stretch and do yoga and kind of like feel out my body. And I I used to dance, so it kind of just like came very naturally, and I used to actually teach yoga and cannabis classes. I got a little really busy with distribution, so I haven't been able to kind of touch on that. But, I was going to ask you about the cannabis and um, yoga. But I mean, eventually I would love to like scale and continue doing it. Um, I think people kind of forget how important, like, exercising is to, you know, fundamentally to, like, your health, your your mental health, you know, and really being able to relax and, like, giving yourself maybe that hour and a half where, you know, you're not with your boyfriend or your girlfriend, you're not at work, you're not with your parents, whatever it ends up being, where you're able to have your own mind and your own thoughts and, you know, get high, stretch, move a little bit, get your body moving, your blood flowing, right. and... and take off some time, you know? And it's my favorite thing is like getting high and stretching before it workout and then uh, meditating is also a thing. Do you ever thing. go to yoga? So I've never done a class because I'm so embarrassed. No, but I'm going to drag you one of these days. Okay, awesome. Well, actually, I was going to ask you because um, I'm writing a piece about uh, uh, how cannabis has enriched lives and cannabis yoga is one of those things where like I see you're one of the pioneers in that and that's awesome because it's, it's one of those uh, things that um, like cannabis itself, it's such a wonderful. It brings people together. Medicine. I mean, not only is it a medicine, but I feel like it's a conduit for so much amazing things. And like for me, a former musician, every time I play a show or have a writing session, I can't tell you how many times I'd sit, smoke a bowl, 
and then play guitar, and then some song will come up to me, and I'll just start writing, and it's, then that's it. Or uh, articles, you know, I, I write yeah. and uh, I do these podcasts, and sometimes I smoke before because if I have a good sativa, that's gonna get my mind flowing a little bit. So now, like, I have all these questions or lyrics or music and all these things that I'm kind of like doing. Like, one of my favorite things is to study and smoke. That's why I'm really excited for the coffee shops because mm-hmm. L.A., California has some of the best weed, I feel like. Have you been to Hitman yet? No, I haven't. I haven't been over there yet. No, either. I haven't. No, but I've, there's a Wake and Bake in the Valley. That's awesome. And I've been over there, which is a really cute little patio. Um, but, yeah, no, I mean, I, I, even despite the um, actual effects of cannabis, like even the community factor of it all, you know, it's like my best friends are people I've met in the cannabis industry, you know, like I consider uh, the people I work for my family, you know, you know what I mean? Like I, they'd bail me out of jail and I'd bail them out of jail, you know? So it's a beautiful thing. So it's not only like, oh great, we have this awesome thing that we can have, go get high and medicine and whatever, but it's like, I, we built this like whole industry and I I know like MJ BizCon is coming up in um, in like six days and like it's the biggest cannabis convention in the whole world. And like, what's cool is people are literally like, hey, guys, we're going to be a little bit busy because we're all going to MJ BizCon. So, like, the whole community is coming together in Vegas to, like, literally, like, that get together. That sounds awesome. Let's get together and talk about weed. <laughs> like, it was just pretty rad, you know? And it, it just built this whole, like, community of people. It's rad. It's one of those things, like, uh, that's why I mentioned to you earlier that I feel like the beer community and the weed community has, like, this beautiful in between crossover because I mean I feel the same way about beer Um, I got into this industry two years ago I'm relatively new but man it's they have been so welcoming letting me into the industry and Mm -hmm. like they see my passion. They see how much I love it. And it's one of those things, like, when we talk about it I get that same feeling. That's right. The happiness. Because at the end of the day, like yes, a lot of these brewers are uh, 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 competitors. Mm -hmm. At the end of the day they're trying to sell their beer. Yeah. But anytime you go to a beer release, a can release, a bottle, whatever it is, Marketing. there are a bunch of other brewers that are showing up to support that brewer. Well, yeah, that's, and that's, it's a beautiful thing. It is. It is. And it's, um, I mean, one of the, our direct competitions with Flavor X is Absolute Extracts. And right. they're based up in Sonoma County. And um, somehow, I mean, this is just like how the world works. I've sat on three flights with the owner of Absolute Extract right next to him. Like, I don't know how this happens. Like, we'll sit next to be like, Hey, same like. And, What's up? And How then eventually, are you? It eventually happened. It was like we ended up seeing each other at like high time. And he was like, "You work for Flavor X?" And I was like, "Yeah, I'm a model." Like, uh, and he was like, "And he's like, I'm the owner of Absolute." And it was like, "What's up, dude?" You right. know what I mean? And we're legit direct competition. And it was really cool because there's there's money for everybody and there's room for everybody to grow and and have their piece and have their stake and and like um, you know I, I love every other company and I think everybody. I mean, everybody in the cannabis industry kind of, like, takes care of each other, which is really cool. Mm-hmm. Have you, um, like, found any medical benefits from the cannabis, like, for yourself that you like other than sleep? Or So, other than sleep, um, in terms of, like, psychological benefits, I'm a lot calmer. Yeah, you're like, I, I used to have, like, a, like a little more, more of a temper. Because I'm, I'm a dick. You haven't seen you're that yet. You're not a dick I'm at all. I'm a fucking <laughs> prick. Like, I can talk. Well, you the thing with me is I talk a lot of shit. And oh. Okay. Being a uh, also like I said, you stand up, and when okay. I was a jungle cruise, like I had no. Pr- you'd have your little like spiel. Yeah, and I talk hand. a lot of shit, and like I have no problem roasting a motherfucker. Like it's not a problem, but um, I used to be a lot more like a, people thought I came off aggressive because I'm like super talkative mm-hmm. and I'm like, "What's up?" I'm in your face. Yeah, I get that sometimes with my person. <laughs> 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 I get it. Yeah. Yeah. 
but uh, with, with, with weed, I feel like kind of chill and, and I feel like a lot more comfortable in my skin because I'm not like, Javi, you got to be better. You got to be like this amazing, yeah. like as I used to hold myself to this crazy standard where like I need to be this amazing person all of the time. Yeah. And when I started uh, smoking cannabis, I was like, you know what, man? Chill the fuck out. Like, as long as you are yeah. true to who you are and true to what you're doing, the rest will follow. It really does. So that's something, like, cannabis has taught me is mm. that um, relax, enjoy your life more. Um, there were times at Disney, before I started smoking, there were times, man, I would have a cigarette right after leaving the Oof. stage and go, those fucking guests are assholes, man. I hate it. I hate their guts. God, and bitch about every little thing, but... You know, when I kind of quit uh, cigarettes, started smoking weed, I was like, you know, people were like, oh, man, these guests. I'm like, yeah, dude, they're just, you know, they're paying hundreds of dollars to come yeah, in here. Like, what do you want, man? You know, if they're pissed off. If, if they cancel the fireworks, I'd be pretty pissed, too. You know, mm-hmm. I get it. Yeah. yeah. So it co- sort of, like, calms it down. You, it makes you kind of see, like, a different perspective right. on everything and realize, like, oh, okay, well, maybe these people traveled across the whole country to get here. And this is their life savings. So they could go to Disneyland. Okay, maybe I understand why they, yeah. they're in a bad mood or whatever that's a thing you know so my parents were anti anti-weed like mm-hmm. they when they found out i smoked they were like why we, we thought we raised you better and i'm like oh no so it's well hold on it, it actually gets better so for years they were against it and but they noticed like hey you know javi's not missing work i've never had to cancel a job or anything like that i always made my appointments on time my customers mm-hmm. are always happy um, and I would do my work on time and do it well. So they were like, what? well, so he's smoking weed, but he's not fucking up. What's, where's the disconnect here? Eventually, it turns out my mom was like, these migraines are killing me. I can't take these sleeping pills anymore. I'm like, you know what, mom? She Try this mom. spray. And Ooh, it changed your life. Or she do a sublingual or like a... Yeah, just like a spray. I, uh, think, they, they, I think it's a, is it Jambo or Jim? I forget what it's called. Like a, like a, Juju? something like that. Yeah, it's like one of those sprays. And now she sleeps better. And then my dad was funny. My dad was the last one that I had to convince. probably enjoyed her being calm. Oh, yeah. Well, my mom is, if you hear me talking, my mom is 10 times crazier (laughs) than me. Um, My dad is kind of the quiet one. And he he was the last one that kind of got convinced because he was so anti it. And then one day, it's funny, like it was a few weeks ago. um, I just got, we got home from work and we were unpacking. Roll, edit that out. <laughs> so uh, I had to fucking burp. I'm sorry. So um, at one point, um, my dad. So like a few few years ago, my dad fell off a scaffold about like eight something feet high. So he hurt his knee really bad. And I've been on you know different kinds of medications the past few years. And uh, so like a few weeks ago, my dad's just like you know putting his hands in his pocket, looking down. He's like, you know, mijo, I'm. Oh. My my knee hurts. Do you think um looking around, he's like, Do you think um you can get me like a cream like with oh. you know and he's looking around I'm like, Dad, oh, you yes. want me to get you a weed cream? I'm like, Yeah, like you don't need of to be course. creepy. Like ask me. Awesome. Like what do you need? So I, I bought him uh one of the extra strength and he loves it. That's and it's awesome. it's changes. Let life. me know if you need anything. Um I mean that's like one thing I, I'm extremely passionate about, um, which also the beard bros do. Right. Is um, we love finding patients that need it because I I came from a pharmaceutical background. Mm. Oh, um, really? What did you do? What did I do? <laughs> um, pharmaceutical background, as in I was put on a lot of pharmaceutical drugs growing up. 
Oh, see, I, I, I used to work at medical records, so that's, that's my pharmaceutical no, see, background. I was put on about like six or seven pills every single day Overactive. for ADD, bipolar, every kind of thing they wanted to oh, give no. me. To the point where, like, I, I, like, ended up, like, you know, driving out of high school, like, ended up fucking up, you know, I ended up getting my diploma and everything, but, um, like, was on, you know, Xanax, Lorazepam, Klonopin, Adderall, you know, pretty much anything under the sun. <laughs> um, oh, no. But that's kind of what kind of drew me into, you know, the holistic healthcare. That's why I bring it up is, like, that's what got me into, like, pranayama, which is, like, the breath work of yoga, and then, like, even bringing cannabis into there. And even though that's been, you know, that's almost six years ago, I haven't taken an Adderall for probably six years, uh, which is insane, by the way. I want to make that note that people give their children, like, legal cocaine. That's it's pretty weird. fucking insane. It's really weird. My parent, <laughs> like, my mom was told to give me ADD I was drugs. since I was in third grade. That blow, that makes me so sad because. And I didn't get off until I was 18. They didn't know what my life was like oh without it. Gosh. I didn't realize that I didn't have an anxiety disorder until I got off of it for a year and a half and my anxiety diminished. I thought I was literally, I had an anxiety disorder. And I was put on Xanax, but what, actually what it was was my heart rate was so high, I was having panic attacks on Adderall oh, because no. it's pretty much cocaine. Yeah. And I was freaking out and then I was eating like Xanax and stuff. Um, but back to like, you know, like helping people is because I you know, went through that whole situation, I, and, you know, some of my friends, like, um, Bill, who works, who's Beard Bros, you know, we try to find these patients that need these meds, that when it comes down to it, this is a priority for them, if it comes to them being children with seizures, children with cancer, or even mothers with cancer, and that, that people can't afford, you know, um, because, you know, the government will provide their pharmaceuticals for them, but they will not provide cannabis for them, so we really try to, you know, make it known that, like, if, if the medicine, if you need the medicine, there are resources that are going to take care of you, right. you know, and, like, if you're looking to kind of transfer into that holistic side of, of um, the industry and get away from the pills and try marijuana, like, there are companies that will sponsor you and take care of you and try to put you on the proper regimen so that you're able to, you know, wean off, you know, oxys right. and all these fucking opiates that they're putting people and kids crazy. they're putting fucking little kids yes. on opiates it's such a like op- little it, children this opiate epidemic is it's fucking I can't, nuts. I'm, and it, I can't it, believe it's been it's happening to me and I'm like oh, it's insane that we are able to put our, like well it was like two years ago that they were they allowed it was like three year olds that are allowed to take oxys now I got oxys when I was on kidney stones the first That's thing insane. I did was puke cause when I was, I was a kid I mean my parents were like my, I guess the the officials, because I started, um, so I had a really bad stutter growing up. So mm-hmm. Spanish is my first language, mm-hmm. and okay. when I learned Spanish as a little as a baby, because my parents were both in Mexico, um, I had a really bad stuttering problem. So like when I would say, for instance, um, "Mama tengo hambre," I'd be like, "Mom," mm-hmm. and I I couldn't get but words out. But look at you now! Look, you're literally well, doing a podcast, and you just have a stutter. That's right, a I still have it. I still have it. It's still there. I, I, it, it might be part of my quirk, um, <laughs> but it, it comes out in Spanish. When I speak in Spanish, cuando empiezo a hablar español, mm-hmm. no lo puedo hablar. I, I can't like speak it 100 percent because I'll get a little that stutter will come back because mm-hmm. I know what I want to. Th- I'm my mind is thinking what I want to say. Dialect is like trained to like. Yeah. So it's like hard. Um, But uh, so when I was a little kid, my mom uh, was told by the school officials, oh, we should put them on Adderall or put them on these things. And my parents, thankfully, my mom had enough balls to go, yeah, go fuck yourself. I'm not going to drug my kid. Yeah. So she allowed me to be a kid. And yeah, I was crazy and wild and chatty as fuck, just as I am right now. But 
here I am. So it kind of yeah. worked out, which makes me sad because I feel like you have this personality and it kind of got called by the, by the... My, my, like, I wasn't like this um, warm and happy, like, I mean, everybody kind of sees me as being like always happy, warm, welcoming and smiling. I want to talk to people and ask people questions. Um, I mean, probably 14, 15, or 14 to probably 18 years old, 17 years old, I was pretty quiet. And I was a kid that was in the library by myself doing, like, HTML and CSS and, like, ignoring people. Because I was on Adderall every day. You know what I mean? Like, I wasn't, I didn't want to, like, socialize with anybody. You're doing, like, good shit. Like, you're actually, like, I, well, I mean, like benefiting I've, yourself. Now I am, yeah. I mean, I, 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 I like, walk, like, to look back at it now, like, I was such a mute. Like, I was mean to people. I was rude. I was just, like, a quiet, like, little brat. And, like, I get it now that I'm an adult and I've done the Adderall as an adult and like I'm quite aware of the effects of it and I'm right. like okay I understand it kind of like anti-socials you make you a little quiet and awkward and yeah all these I things. grew up awkward it took I, me a I long was time. awkward but on top of it being awkward I was put on shit <laughs> <laughs> it's like damn it guys like why did you have to do that like right. making me double awkward um but yeah you know I mean I it definitely carved my path though because like if I would have um, never rebelled and said, no, I don't want to be on this, then I would have went to, you know, a four-year college and went and studied psychology and might be working for Salesforce and pushing paper for some fucking CEO, you know, until I was, like, really at the point where, like, I had no return. I had, like, school wasn't going to work for me, you know. So it's funny because, yeah, sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. Let me interrupt you. No? Okay. All right. <laughs> so, no, um, a lot of, a lot of something that, you know, I, I'm sure same for you. Like, we grew up thinking college education is, like, the end-all, be-all. You got to get college educated. Now, <laughs> I, for those of you that didn't listen, or that can't see right now because you're not in front of me, she just gave a big thumbs down. And I, a lot of people will say, you have to get your education, you got to get your degree. Um, and a lot of the time I'll agree with them. But, for, like, for instance, you said it didn't work for you. Same for me. Um, I've never been a person to just sit in a classroom, absorb information, regurgitate it on demand, no. and then move on. I just, I've never been that guy. If I don't give a shit about what you're teaching me, I'm not going to fucking absorb I, it. I, at a young age, questioned authority. And Same I, here. Like, and, I've been um, us in trouble ever since, right? Yes. <laughs> and cheers to that. Cheers to that. I always questioned authority. Mm. From being like, why are we sitting here and like learning and why we can be outside? Um, I mean, college isn't for everybody unless you're going into something, you know, a certain trade, you know, as like lawyer, doctor, whatever. Um, I guess I would say I am a college dropout. Same here. I um, was in school. I was about to transfer to UCLA. I actually love learning. I have a huge book collection. I'm a huge reader. I actually. Um, I would consider myself pretty bright, I, even though I didn't finish college. And I was working in the cannabis industry, and I was making, you know, um, pretty much six figures cash every year at 19. And um, one of my compulsive decisions, just like jumping in the pool, <laughs> <laughs> which is like a lot of my, and that's why I really go with my gut a lot of time. Um, you know, I was in class one day, and I was in a math class. And I thought to myself, and I was like, I can pay someone to do all this. Like, why am I wasting my time? Like, why am I not working smarter here? I'm sitting here wasting three hours in a lecture when I could be technically paying somebody that just wasted their last, last five years in college <laughs> to do exactly what I want them to do to make me double the money. 
And I don't know. And I just decided I ended up actually um, booking a trip to Panama and taking off to an island and chilling and surfing for a couple of weeks and just kind of deep, like being like, I'm out of here. I didn't, I didn't understand it. I just didn't like, I, I understand like why like everybody around me was going to do that and they were going to be okay with it and they were going to like be able to sleep at night with that. And not only, you know, I, I've watched, I mean, I'm 24 now, so a lot of my friends have just graduated college and I'm not friends with a lot of people I grew up with, and I've watched them. A lot of them still live at home. Um, a lot of them make, you know, decent salaries, but are barely able to make ends meet. Um, they don't truly seem happy with what they're doing. They're not influencing their community in any way. They have don't, kids, probably. They, oh, they, uh, some of them do. You know, some of them decided to have families and stuff like that, and, you know, whatever their passion is. But it, it's the nine-to-five jobs that always really question me, that I'm always just, I look at them, and I'm like, how do you do it? Right. Because, like... I, you know, I was a nanny, and that was my nine to five, and that's not even really a nine to five. Like, I, could, I really don't think I could possibly do it. Like, I don't have that in me to work for a man like somebody. that, to somebody like that. And like, I would, I would question your authority, and I think I can do better than you. <laughs> you know, I just, I'm the I just same way. yeah, you know, and maybe that's just me being a brat, but I just realize, like, it's it's really all about working, you know, smarter, not harder. I'm about so to say that it's, it, it's, the, yeah. it's like okay, like. My dad taught me, like, there's one thing I always remember is don't waste your time on doing something you're not good at. Like, if you figure out, like, you're not good at taxes, don't spend the next five years every tax time trying to do your fucking taxes. <laughs> like, hire somebody. Because Absolutely. you're each time you're wasting, you know, five days trying to fucking do your taxes and cram them in, when in reality, those five days you could have spent making double the money that you're paying your accountant. you got to work smarter, you know? And, and even the kids that I went to the same college with before I transferred are still at that same college and they're still sitting there at community college. Just hanging out. Just hanging out, you know, and, you know, I want to retire at 30. Like, I want to, like, chill. <laughs> I don't want to be, like, you know. Yeah. No, I mean, I, it's sort of, like, the same for me. I mean, um, I mean I'm mean, i 30. I'm about to turn 31 in, yeah. in, two, in a week, something like that. Um, 31, <laughs> you know, and uh, I get to drink now. Uh, no, um, but... A lot of people I know, you know, they, like you said, they settle with a nine to five. They're not doing what they're passionate about. And I mean, I get to do my own hours. I get to run my own business and I get to take time to do these podcasts because I am control. When you love I could not work job, for anybody. It's not work. Right. Like when you love your job, it becomes like, it, like, like, I love working with flowers. Like, when someone's like, oh, dude, you just got this new jacket. Can you come bring it by? I get excited. I'm like, oh, my God, yes. Oh, my God, you're going to love it. The nose is amazing. The mud structure is amazing. I can't wait till you see it. Right. Like, I'm pumped to go show you weed. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm not even smoking it. I'm pumped to, like, see your reaction on it. Well, for those of us that follow you, I mean, we get to see it. Yeah. I post a lot of weed. A lot, a lot of weed. I mean, most recently, too, I've been posting, like, oh, like pounds and pounds and pounds. Right. I mean, it's one of the things, like, so... I, 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 I do my job. Uh, I'm a handyman, and I, I, it's not like my passion, but I get to work with my dad every day. Um, we run that's our own business, which though. is great, and it's nice. But I, my passion is beer, and that's sort of like beer and, and podcasting. Like, yeah. I love to do it. You know, I have these ads uh, on the uh, Full Pint podcast. I'm able to, like, get paid to do this, and, like, I love it. It's my passion, just that's talking. Crazy. Right, right, and I never believed in a million years that I would get paid to just talk. As I'm saying, when I was like 15 in my my like bedroom, being like a nerdy kid and having no friends, I never thought I'd be like 
living in LA and like modeling. And right, right. If you had told me, if you had told like ten year old me hanging out playing Super Nintendo with my cousins and like being completely, because I was so quiet and so different. Mm-hmm. If you had told me that back then, you're gonna grow up to be a, a host for different shows and you're gonna cool. have to talk and write for a living, like apart from working with your dad every day, I'd be like, you're. It's really sweet that you get to work with your dad every day. I used to work with my dad. My dad has, like, a um, water filtration company up right. north, and I used to work with him. And, I mean, obviously, you bump heads, but, like, to be able, oh, to, yeah. spend, oh, yeah. to be able to spend that quality time with, like, your like, – my dad's, like, my best friend. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, same here. Dad's, like, like my dad's – You know, and, like, you get to just, like, shoot the shit. And, like, he loves beer, yeah. And, yeah and so just, I get like, to, like, try him, yeah. My, um, my parents have just kind of recently become open with the whole cannabis thing. Um they have, like, my pamphlet, and they, like, know the company I work for. Oh, I bet they and have pictures of, like, your billboards. They, ha- they have my pamphlet, and I can't- my dad has it with him. It's, like, the cutest thing ever. Oh, that's um, adorable. But my dad, like, doesn't know much about the cannabis industry. And um, I remember, like, hem- you know what Hemp 2 is? No. It's, like, a drink. That's, okay. You know, it's, like, a, just, like, a CBD drink. Um, he, like, found it. Like, one of his workers was drinking it. And he had to, like, you know, send me a picture and be like, look, it's you. It's your <laughs> you know? Look, it's you. It's like weed stuff. And then, <laughs> actually, you'll get a kick out of this one. My dad texted me the other day and was like, I had to pick up cash from my, my account the other day. It's kind of like your job. And I'm oh like, my God. yes, dad, it's like my job. Cash. <laughs> like it's, yeah, cash. Yeah. Yeah. No, but parents the same way. Like, it took them a long time, but they're now accepting me. My mom uses that spray, and it's now her headaches yeah. are gone. My dad it's uses good. that knee she thing. on her temples and stuff. I don't she know should, if he does she that. Gets my, she get migraines? We both do. Well, I... I get my, migraines, too. Yeah. So I do, like, um, I do, like, an RSO regimen every day and a CBD, and then I do, like, the menthol, like, on my temples, mm-hmm. and then I have to do the whole blindfold thing because I get light sensitivity. Yeah, yeah, no, same thing. I used to go yeah, blind, so yeah. I, I know the whole migraine thing. You know, my, my mom actually, um, I'm flying to San Francisco in the morning, and my mom called me. She's like, um, by the way, I'm out of CBD, so um, help me out. <laughs> and I'm like, and I'm, when she said it to you, she was like, I'm out of like bomb. And I was like, what do you mean? Like, like face, what do you need? And yeah. she's like, she's like, I'm out of the stuff you gave me. And I'm like, like, oh, I'm like okay. the stuff I gave you. And she's like, the stuff, the stuff. <laughs> You're talking about the pot cream? Like, it's yeah, not, yeah, yeah. But it, it's cute. You know, they, they look at it like a little like drug. Right. So something that I was going to ask you about, and we're going to start closing out soon because I know you have shit to do. I don't mean to hold you too long. Awesome. I got a birthday party to go to a little bit later. Oh, she is. She's popular. Now, before, so let's ask you one last thing. Um, Something that's been popping up in the beer community Mm -hmm. is the use of CBD in craft beer. Um, I do have a crowler of some CBD beer I haven't tried yet at home in my fridge. And, um, I mean, you've had some of the beer here. Mm -hmm. You seem to have liked it so far. Um, What is your opinion on that sort of crossover between craft beer with CBD in it? Um, I think, one, I wonder what their market is, like what they're trying to pitch it towards. Uh, I was just kind of curious what their, like, angle is. There's not, like, really enough research to really, like, like I, I mean, I guess 
it's beneficial no matter what. I mean, like CBD is an anti-inflammatory. So, I mean, like it's going to like relax your GI tract, if anything, in your sure. stomach if you're drinking beer and it's something's going to help like pass or whatever. So, I think it's going to be beneficial. I mean, I can't, I, I'm excited to see the studies on the line that actually show the direct correlation between the two and how they benefit each other. Right. But do you know what directly their angle is? Like, what are they trying to pitch? Are they trying to be like healthy or are they trying to like be like anti-inflammatory like, honestly like, nothing nothing, nothing. They're just, like, CBD f- and just cbd cbd beer cbd beer um there are some I mean, articles uh, recently published in beer advocate where they kind of talk about like like you said there are like some some benefits but i mean no one's really drinking it in terms of like a medicinal thing well the thing is like you have to really understand that like just back when obama was in office was when cannabis became legal to research in colleges right so things are just being able to be researched right now so it's like we're not even the knowledge isn't even there yet so like like i mean shit like they could find out that cbd helps hangovers in the next five years then shit that person's a billionaire (laughs) like they just came up on cbd beer i think right now everybody's putting cbd in everything right because of money absolutely um but I think, you know, I, I think if you're a consumer, <laughs> I think um, hold off on buying things until the research is there because it might just be an extra four fucking dollars you're paying for exactly. something that's not really exactly. worth it. But wait, because there, there may be something in the future and, you know, it could help, you know, it could help you. Because it depends on where the CBD is from, too. Is it hemp derived or is it is it is it full spectrum? Right. It must be hemp derived if it's sold in stores that can't sell cannabis because it can't have any THC in it. So the THC is not reacting with the CBD. Right. So that's the thing. So <laughs> some breweries, I won't mention names, but some had advertised it having CBD, but actually had THC. So like it's why it's it's weird. I want you to weird. tell me off the record with this. I things. will. I'll tell you off the record. I don't know. But it's it's a weird it's a weird thing where like you know obviously we all know um, crossfading is a real thing. Oh fuck. Okay. Yeah. So like, <laughs> I mean, uh, I won't name any names of like the festivals or parties I've been to where um, yeah the weed and the beer has come together. But there have been plenty of parties I've been to where you know joints were pulled out. Might have oh, been by me. Oh, who knows? You know, who knows? Who knows? Some other guy I mean, with a beer and weed together is like perfect combination. I mean, life. I, you brought up CBD. I'm like, I don't know about the anti-inflammatory properties of CBD, <laughs> but I mean, smoking a joint with a beer is pretty is much fantastic. like a, a fantastic relaxing night. And you can't fight me on that yeah. one. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Like, so no. it, it's an interesting dynamic. And I'm interested to see, like you said, you know, in the coming months <laughs> and years to come, how, uh, CBD infused beer can actually benefit us. Now, before I let you go, um, what do you say to someone out there, a listener out there that maybe is uh, in love with cannabis as much as you are and maybe would want to break into the industry? What would be your advice to them? Start at the bottom. And um, we'll be there. Start, up, start at the bottom. Um, I started there. Um, <laughs> I mean, it, learn everything, ask questions, um, be a bud tender. Uh, one job I got was a brand ambassador for a pretty large company, um, Altai Supply, which is in San Francisco. The way I got that was I was actually a bud tender. So I started trimming, and then I became a bud tender, and then I started talking to the vendors that walked into the dispensaries, and then I started asking them if they were hiring, and then I got a job with them, and then I started distributing. So that was like you know six connections right there, but I all started from literally doing grunt work. Um, right. Putting in those fucking hours, waking up before everybody, and always, you're going to love me this one, always being on time. <laughs> <laughs> because I showed up super late, which I actually never do, but that's 
what employers have told me, um, what defines me, and why they continue hiring me for promo model jobs and stuff. Just so you know, I'm never going to hire you again. Never again, after, again. After, after this <laughs> podcast, I'll never hire you again. Because <laughs> I like, I promise I never do. I really never do. And it's something that I actually pride myself in because it's something that, like I said, my employers have told me. They're like, you know, there's beautiful women. So if you're a woman out there and you're trying to model, like there's tons of beautiful women out there that are, you know, competitive. What defines you between other people? Oh, well, you show up on time, you don't bitch, you don't get drunk on set, and you handle your shit. <laughs> that's Just pretty, perfect. That's pretty much it. You know what I mean? Like, you're professional about it, but you're able to hang, you know? And and you'll keep getting rehired, and you have to gain that trust. And, you know, um, like, I, like, I was with Flavor X for three years, and if you think I gained that trust with Flavor X in one night, that's bullshit. It took me two years to carry, actually, like, product. Right. You know, for that, that let me handle, like, important things to them, and that... Like, if I, I could have saw the short-term plan within six months and been like, yeah, you know, I'm making money as a promo model. I don't even really want this. But, you know, you got to look at the longevity and the relationships. You know, never burn a bridge and always just be nice to people. No one can hate you if you're nice to everybody. That's exactly. That's <laughs> cool wise there. words. Just don't <laughs> be an asshole. How about that? Don't be an asshole. Yeah, don't be an asshole and just be respectful and take care of people because this industry is really fucking small. Right. And um, For now, anyway. I mean, I think it always will be because, you know, you have the people that are, like, are grandfathered in, like, old cats and stuff like that. And, like, respect your elders and learn from them and ask them questions. And, like, don't fucking be a fuckboy over here. (laughs) And, like, you know what I mean? And don't try to, like, push a bunch of shit and, like, be this, like, egotistical brat. Like, ask questions and learn from them because those are the people that have made the mistakes that you don't want to make. Right. So learn from them and, like, take their advice, you know, like. Bill from Beard Bros, like that's one of my largest mentors, like has helped me through. I have CBD mentors that like, no one wants to take shit from people, but I'll take shit from people that have been in this industry for 20 plus years and I can, that I can learn from. And you'll take it. Yeah, we all do it. Same thing. Yeah, I mean, for me, there are people in the beer industry that have been in it for yeah. so long and they'll like, they'll take me to school and I'm like, uh-huh. yes, sir. And yes, sir. I'm like, absolutely. And I'll do the grunt work and I'll pick up the sticks and it doesn't matter because like when I'm, you know, sitting there trimming this amazing rower that has this eye for for craft and and spends every waking second of their mind literally thinking about how to enhance their their product your conversations with them are going to be so complex like you might be sitting there trimming and you're learning literally how to grow amazing you know and you got to just pay attention to the people that are around you that are that are that are lifting you up you know and learn from that 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 is some (laughs) wise words uh, make sure to find uh, Katie Martin on her website, katieandmartin.com. Mm-hmm. Now, where, where, where can the people find you on social media? Um, Katie, period, and period, Martin. You can pretty much just Google Katie and Martin, and you'll find uh, where I'm at. I have a calendar. I do, like, a ton of events and stuff, so you can kind of find out where I'm at. <laughs> yeah, so make sure hit her up on find all... Find Waldo. Find Katie. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> make sure hit up on uh, all our social media accounts. Um, make sure that you'll know she'll be late. To whatever it is. I'm kidding. I'm totally kidding. I gotta fuck with you just one more time. Hey, 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 hey. (laughs) So make sure you hit her up on all of her social media accounts, uh, katieannmartin.com. I cannot recommend her website enough. Uh, She posts stuff on the blogs about local dispensaries, her uh, cannabis enriched yoga, uh, pictures, and her store, and all kinds of fun shit. You can go to katieannmartin.com. Now, folks, this has been the end of the Slur Podcast. My name is Javi. Once again, you can find me on Instagram at Javi Full Pint. Also on Twitter as at That Beaner. Once again, you can say it and it's okay. 
And um, other than (laughs) (laughs) than that, Katie, again, thank you so much for, for, oh, it was my pleasure. (laughs) Thank you so much for braving the LA traffic to come down and chat with me today. And thanks to, yeah, (laughs) and thanks to the uh, wonderful crew here at Our Sister Brewing that hosted us today. Um, I don't know about Katie, I'm going to have another beer, so... To all of our listeners, more, awesome, we'll get some more. <laughs> to all of our listeners out there, thank you so much for tuning in this week. Make sure to hit us up on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and Stitcher Radio. Once again, at katieannmartin.com. Katieannmartin.com, motherfucker. Uh, thank you, thank you, thank you. So to all of our listeners, thank you so much. Until next week, cheers. Cheers. <laughs>